Welcome to the Texas Values Report. My name is Nicole Hudgens, and I'm sitting in for Jonathan Sines. Texas Values is the largest statewide organization focusing on faith, family, and freedom. And the way we do that is through working with the legislature, we work with the courts, and we love educating Texans on what's happening in the policy arena on faith, family, and freedom. And we're so thankful you joined us today. I know you may be out Christmas shopping, I confess, I've not started my Christmas shopping yet. We have been so busy uh, working on family values issues, and I'm excited to update you on what's been happening. And I'm just going to jump right into it. We have a very special guest today, Kelly Shackelford, who is the president and CEO of First Liberty Institute. They are the largest legal firm in the nation dedicated exclusively to protecting religious freedom for all Americans. And Kelly is actually the founding board member of Texas Values. He and Jonathan Sines worked together on religious liberty. And then uh, he, with the blessing of Kelly, Jonathan started Texas Values. But we keep a very good, close relationship with them. And so, Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show today. Happy to do it. And Kelly, I heard you were recently, you guys are based in Texas, but I know that you were in Washington, D.C. recently, uh, and you were in the courtroom for the Jack Phillips case, the cake baker from Colorado. He was at the Supreme Court because even though he will serve everyone, he had declined to do a wedding cake for a same-sex wedding because of his religious convictions. You were in the courtroom. Can you give us an on-the-ground update of what happened? Sure. Um, and the reason we were there is we've got a case that's very similar. It's uh, Sweet Cakes by Melissa, which a lot of people heard about out of Oregon, Aaron and Melissa Klein, who, uh, again, very similar to Jack. They made cakes for everybody. They served uh, uh, LGBT people, had no problem with that. But then they were asked to do a custom cake for a gay wedding. And uh, they said that because of their faith and their beliefs about marriage, they couldn't do that, but they're happy to refer them. And they ended up being fined $135,000. Their businesses have been bankrupted now, and they were actually ordered by the judge not to speak publicly about their beliefs on marriage. So it's just an incredible uh, case and very similar to Jack. Um, Jack, uh, uh, you know, had two men come and say, we want you to do a customized, you know, wedding cake. For our wedding and uh, Jack and by the way at the time it wasn't even legal in in Colorado um, and Jack said look I'll sell you anything I've got here uh, but I can't do a custom cake because you're having me participate and express something about the wedding that he couldn't express because of his faith and uh, next thing you know he knew the state of Colorado was coming after him and uh, ended up all the way at the US Supreme Court and I'll tell you, Nicole, the thing that most experts, me included, uh, thought about this case was that it wasn't a good time for this case to reach the court because there's four liberals, there's four conservatives, and there's Justice Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And Justice Kennedy typically is the deciding vote, and he has been very consistent on all the LGBT cases. He's the one that's written all these major decisions, whether it be Romer, whether it be the uh, Lawrence v. Texas on homosexual sodomy, or whether it be uh, same-sex marriage, the Obergefell decision, they were all written by Justice Kennedy. So 
most people thought he would be, you know, probably uh, hostile to the religious freedom side. And to many of our surprise, he, it actually was the opposite. Um, he started out in the first, uh, when when the Solicitor General was up arguing on behalf of, of uh, our side, the, the cake baker side, and the freedom and, and freedom of conscience, he, he said something to the effect of, well, if you were to win, and if that would, were to lead to people saying, well, hey, we can boycott all the LGBT people who are doing cakes, and they were banned from getting cakes across the country, he said, would you be happy with that result? And so I was like, oh, no, that doesn't sound very good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so everybody was kind of going, oh, no, it's Kennedy's like we thought. But then when the other side got up, when the ACLU and them got up, especially the attorney for the state of Colorado, Kennedy really came out uh, totally different. And that is, he pointed out that um, one of the commissioners had publicly stated, and this was in the record, uh, a quote, uh, something to the effect of, I am so tired of religious people covering up their bigotry with their religion. He said, I find them despicable. And Kennedy was not happy with that. He he, he, the guy gets up, who's the attorney for the state of Colorado, and he says, he tells him about this statement. He says, you wear this statement? He says, yes. He says, has this uh, been withdrawn, this statement? Has, has, has this been revoked? And uh, he said, well, not that I'm aware of. He said, would you like to renounce it right now? Uh, wow, so, called him uh, out in the courtroom. Yes. And, and, and he followed that up by saying the following. He said, he said look, he said, this country, tolerance is very important in this country. He said, but tolerance has to be mutual. Right. He said, and what you've done to this cake baker and the bias and the hostility based on his religion you've shown is outrageous or something to that effect. It was really strong, and it was emotional. And he went down this line a long time with other questions and other statements, and it was clear that he felt that what happened here was how the state of Colorado acted was discriminatory against the cake baker, Jack Phillips, because of his religion. And one of the other pieces of evidence of that is somebody else came to um, bakers there, and they said, I want you to do a cake of the Bible. And they wanted to put a statement against gay marriage, that marriage is a man and a woman. Well, the cake bakers wouldn't do it. And so that those people that asked for the cake went to the same Colorado commission and said, "This is your, they're discriminating against us. Mm-hmm. And there they said, no, they have a right to follow their own beliefs. And so they wouldn't do wow. that for Jack Phillips, but they would in this other case for the other cake bakers when it was the, they had the opposite belief about marriage. And so all that together, I think, was a little too much for Justice Kennedy. So I, I went in thinking we had a 10% chance of a victory and left thinking we've got a 50-50, if not more. And it just is going to depend upon whether you know, uh, Justice Kennedy stays in that same direction or whether he, he switches back to the other side. Right. Wow. Well, that that's a very exciting update. I know that, you know, we can go online and watch the legislative hearings, but in the Supreme Court room, you can't see a video of what happened. You can listen to the oral arguments and you can read the transcripts, but but you can't go online and watch a video of it. So we so appreciate that update. And that's really encouraging. I know that you know, in Texas, we had a cake baker who was approached by a same-sex couple. Yes. I, I think you guys helped with that case in, in Longview. Yes. Yes, or a very I, I similar don't, situation. Right. I don't. I, if I recall, it wasn't a case, but but there was fear that there could be a lawsuit, and they even experienced death threats, if I remember correctly. 
They did, yeah. It, it's incredible the lack of tolerance, uh, you know, by the so-called tolerant side uh, that's not tolerant at all. Um, and that's, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens because there's this these large competing interests. There's this sort of idea that, hey, we want everybody to be served. We don't want anybody to ever have anything turned down. And so there's this sort of major sort of equality and serving all interest on one side. On the other side was we don't want the government to ever force anyone to express something and do something that violates their faith. That would be a horrible road to go down. So you got these two huge sort of competing interests. What Justice Kennedy said, though, could be the real sort of way to get rid of this without having to sort of deal with those huge competing interests, and that is he could simply say, look, in this case, this commission was biased on the basis of religion. They were hostile, and that's a violation of the free exercise of religion, and it's unconstitutional, and therefore I'm ruling in favor of the cake baker. That would be a way to do it based on the specific discrimination and hostility in this case. It would kick the can down the road a little bit on the major issues uh, of, you know, kind of compelling uh, speech versus these LGBT rights, and uh, that would have to be decided another day. But I'm fine with that if that's what happens, because I think President Trump is going to point justices, and it's, the court's only going to get better. And so I'm happy to kick that, that uh, can down the road a little while. Right. And and that's that's an interesting take on the case that I hadn't heard before, but that that would be... One way or the other, Jack Phillips winning this case, whether it's you know it's it's kind of the the long game or the, or the short game of it, winning this case is critical to protecting religious liberty in our nation. And so I appreciate that update, Kelly. And then speaking of judges, there has been a lot happening with the Trump administration appointing new judges. Can you fill us in on on what's been happening? Yes, uh, this is to us one of the you know, most important reasons uh, why the presidency is, is really crucial. And that is, obviously, I think people realize the Supreme Court justice appointment with Justice Gorsuch was a, obviously a major deal. And for those of us like First Liberty that care about religious freedom, I mean, Justice Gorsuch is just incredibly, uh, he, he's probably got more uh, decisions on the issue that he had written on religious freedom before he went to the U.S. Supreme Court than anybody we've ever seen, and he is excellent. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is there were almost, I think almost now we're at 160 uh, federal judicial seats waiting for the president to fill. These are lifetime appointments. These are judges who will be on there, you know, for the rest of their life. And he's already nominated 60 uh, judges. And in fact, yesterday, we actually set a, a record in that yesterday, uh, Jim Ho, who is actually one of First Liberty's most active uh, volunteer attorneys in the country, um, he was just confirmed by the U.S. Senate um, to be a federal court of appeals judge for this whole area of the country, the uh, Fifth Circuit Federal Court of Appeals. And the day before Jim Ho was our friend Don Willett, who was a Supreme Court justice in Texas, he was just confirmed by the Senate to be on the federal court of appeals for life. And these are two very close friends of mine who are going to be incredible judges. They're going to be awesome on the Constitution. They're never going to flinch. Uh, very, very bright, brilliant, uh, you know, lawyers. And Jim Ho was the 12th federal appeals nominee confirmed by the Senate. That has never happened in the first year of a presidency. Twelve federal court of appeals nominees that were confirmed out of the Senate and onto the court. So you can see the priority that the Trump administration is placing on judges. 
and they're you know they're doing something that no other president has done. So uh, it's it's pretty incredible the progress they're making, despite all the blockades and and sort of uh, uh, tax that are being thrown in the road uh, in the Senate by the Democrat side, the 30-hour rule and all the things they're trying to do to slow things down, they're still moving with, with as much speed as they can. And they've already got 12 federal court of appeals judges and six uh, district court judges and many more uh, that are in the system and the pipeline on their way through. Wow, that is exciting news. And you know better than anyone of how important it is to have solid judges in place. And I know working at Texas Values, we work to to help pass pro-family, pro-family legislation here at the state level. And I think sometimes we go, okay, the Supreme Court's important. You know, we need to really focus on the Supreme Court. And certainly that's true. But when these laws are challenged or if there are cases on, you know, cake bakers who are um, – who are being discriminated against because of their religious beliefs, you know, all of this goes through all of these different court systems. And so having solid judges in place, you know, I'm certainly not an attorney, nor do I pretend to play one on on TV, but I know the importance of having these justices in place and lifelong appointments. So what the administration is doing is is not just determining the course of the nation for the next few years. This will impact us for the next few decades. Absolutely. It's it's huge. I mean, most cases never make it to the Supreme Court. I mean, there's 70 cases or so a year that make it to the Supreme Court out of a million. And uh, so most of them are decided by these lower court judges. And uh, and so it's incredible to see the, the quality of these judges we're putting on the court. I really don't think the quality that are being put on the court now has ever been done because it's always been so political mm-hmm. it's been i'm going to appoint my friend's brother or i'm going to appoint somebody who gave money or whatever there's always a lot of that going on that is not going on under this administration um they have somewhat you know the president has somewhat said hey i i know the base cares about this mm-hmm. and so he looked you know to groups the federal society you know we've been involved um you know, as I said, we've got some of the best volunteer attorneys at the best law firms in the country that work with us, hundreds of them all over the country. So we know in all the communities who are the really good judges who are committed to the Constitution, who are brilliant, who um, have shown that they're willing to sacrifice for the country by, like, giving their time to protect religious freedom. And these are the people being put on the courts, and they're going to be uh, there for 30 years in many cases. And so I... I I would say, Nicole, for those who want to look and see what, what's going on, at FirstLiberty.org, we actually have a, on our uh, website, we have a list, and it, it shows it state by state. You click on any state, see how many vacancies uh, in district court and court of appeals, and you can see the seats that are being filled, and it even has the uh, phone numbers for the two senators of that state, because uh, they have a lot of uh, say in uh, in interacting with the president on uh, which people are nominated or which people get through. Um, and so if people want to look at that, that's available at firstliberty.org on our website to, to look at and to share with others. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I encourage our listeners to go to y'all's website and view view that map. That's is really important. And as you said, contacting your senators about this issue is very important. Elections have consequences. So you want to make sure you're in contact with, with your elected officials because they can have an influence on what's happening. Uh, I'll the- tell you, in Texas, since we're in Texas, uh, there's nobody that's been more at the front of this issue than Senator Cruz. 
he's just, for obvious reasons, right? He's argued nine times at the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, he he, he has really committed to this and has worked hard on it. And that's part of why we just had two Fifth Circuit nominees uh, from Texas that were just confirmed by the U.S. Senate in a really pretty short amount of time. And uh, that's unheard of right now with all that's going on in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yes. And he, he has, he's done excellent work and uh, being, I believe, former solicitor general, he understands the importance. And like you said, he's argued these cases before. So he knows how critical this issue is. Uh, real quick, First Liberty has been working on a lot of religious freedom cases over the past year. Can you give us a few highlights on, on what y'all have been working on? Yeah, there's a lot of Cases, obviously, you know, I think we had uh, almost 400, or maybe it was 430 last year. I forget how many that we were, we were, you know, working on. But that I'll give you a couple of highlights um, of what people need to be sort of keeping their eyes open for. Um, we have a couple of cases on our way to the Supreme Court right now that deal with whether county commissioners can pray before they open their meetings. Um, and uh, this is a case that many people think the Supreme Court is going to take here in the near future, because the ACLU and the American Humanists have tried to stop the practice of uh, having prayer before um, county commissioner meetings. Now, but um, before I continue, don't we open Congress up with prayer? Yep. Yes, we do. And and what the ACLU is trying to argue is, well, you can have a chaplain come do it, but you can't do it. And so, what you think is just crazy. <laughs> like the so, founders themselves prayed, too, you know. They didn't just have chaplains and all the prayers, but this is what they're, they're just, anything they can do to shut down prayer, they want to do, and so we, but we went to the Fourth Circuit on Bonk, which is 15 Federal Court of Appeals judges, and that court has been stacked with Obama appointees. Um, Mm -hmm. Of the 15, um, uh, 11 are Democrats, and uh, Democrat appointees, and so, uh, so there was a decision, 10 to 5, we actually picked up two uh, Democrats on the, on the, this, uh, on our side, um, they ruled 10 to 5 that, no, that's unconstitutional. We have another circuit, the Sixth Circuit, that ruled our way 10 to 5, or 9 to 6, I think. So we've got two federal courts of appeals which cover many states disagreeing with one another, which is why we think the Supreme Court is likely to take this case here in the near future. The other one that is on its way to the Supreme Court uh, very soon is our Bladensburg uh, Veterans Memorial case. This is a Veterans Memorial it's been up over 90 years um, outside of Washington, D.C., to honor those who died in World War One. in particular 48 people from Prince George's County, young men who died in World War One. And it's, uh, it's, it's the same symbol that was used all over the world for World War One memorials. It's a, 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 a cross, a Celtic cross, um, and it's been there for over 90 years. It's put up in part by money from mothers who lost their sons in World War One. And the American Humanist filed a lawsuit, and again, it went to the same Fourth Circuit that I mentioned, and there were two Obama appointees and one Clinton appointee was the three-judge panel, and uh, all three Democrat appointees, but yet it was a split decision, two to one. The two Obama appointees said, this is unconstitutional, although it's been up for over 90 years. The Clinton appointee said, no, this is not unconstitutional. The idea that there's a, a you know a cross, there's crosses all over the place that, you know, memorialize sacrifice and death there it's not talking about a particular religion and uh but because of the two one decision they're gonna have to tear this down if we don't get this overturned oh, and goodness. this district 
this is the thing that people don't realize. This court within their district is not just the Bladensburg Memorial, which has been up for over 90 years, but Arlington National Cemetery is in their district. So if this were to stand, they would have to go into Arlington National Cemetery and tear down the crosses in Arlington National oh, Cemetery. Man. And so many people think this is going to go to the Supreme Court, and it's something that has to be dealt with. And so, uh, of course, the other case I would mention, uh, you know, before we run out of time is, I know a lot of people are watching, is the Coach Kennedy case. Mm-hmm. This is the coach who was fired for going to a knee and saying a prayer, a silent prayer, after the football game. Um, that case is almost almost out of the Ninth Circuit, which is the most hostile circuit as far as being the liberal circuit in the country, and we will be going to the Supreme Court as soon as it's out of that circuit. So those are just three of the highlights, I would say. But if people want to follow this, they can go to First Liberty, just spell it out, firstliberty.org, and there's a deal at the top that says click for updates. And once a week you'll get an email update on what's happening in the cases, the victories, the sort of precedents that are being set for religious freedom, because Nicole, you know, if we win cases and nobody knows, it doesn't really do anybody any good. But if people know and then they can share the fact that we have these freedoms, we've won these freedoms, this is precedent with other people, then it emboldens people to live out their faith and to not be intimidated to express themselves and exercise their constitutional rights. So we want more and more people to know what's happening, know the freedoms they have, and hopefully they're to, to be bold and to share that with others so they can be bold as well. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing that. I mean, my dad was in the military for 24 years. Grandparents on both sides were in the military. And it breaks my heart knowing that, you know, that there's even a chance that they would could go into Arlington Cemetery, you know, or that these mothers put up this memorial for their children who died in a war protecting our freedoms. And now we're we're telling them that we're going to take those freedoms away from away from from Americans. That's just heartbreaking. But I so appreciate the work you're doing and encourage our listeners uh, to check that out at First Liberty. It's really important, like Kelly said, that you're aware of what's happening and that you're also encouraged. You know, First Liberty, y'all win more than than 90% of your cases. So it's very encouraging to go to their website and see what's happening. So I, I encourage our listeners to go there. And thank you again, Kelly, so much for coming on the Texas Values Report. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for what you're doing at Texas Values for the state of Texas and really for the nation, because Texas is really the the laboratory now, I think, for the rest of the country in passing good conservative legislation. Right. As Texas goes, so goes the rest of the nation, as we like to say. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So thank you again, Kelly. You have a wonderful day. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, as you just heard, Kelly Shackelford, he's our founding board member. He was at our gala just recently. Uh, You can go to txvalues.org to find out more about that. Listen, it's Christmas time. We're excited. There's so many exciting things happening. I know I'm going to be going, actually, this weekend, spending some time with my grandparents and cousins, family, and, of course, my niece, who she's she's just two and a half months old, but she is um, just so precious, uh, center of my world right now. (laughs) So um, I know you're celebrating Christmas, and we just want to encourage you to go to txvalues.org. We've got a few things we want to make sure you know. One, we're at the year-end giving. So if you want to give towards faith, family, and freedom, towards the work we're doing on protecting religious liberty, I know you just heard from Kelly Shackelford and the great work that they're doing in the courts, but at Texas Values, we're working with the legislature to make sure that there are 
religious freedom protections in in law so that um, people are protected. Their religious freedom is protected. You know, there was an amendment that was brought forth just this session to protect lawyers uh, on their religious freedom and nurses as well. So we encourage you to go to txvalues.org if you want to give a year-end donation. Uh, we are a 501c3, so tax-deductible. Tax deductible. <laughs> so you can go online and find out about that. And then also, we want to encourage you. I know that kids are getting ready to get out of school and there's so many you know, Christmas parties happening or um, celebrations, but we just want to make sure you know that there actually is a law in Texas that ensures that your child can say Merry Christmas at school, that they can have, yes, a Christmas party um, and celebrate that. If you're a teacher and you're listening and you're wondering, you know, can I have a Christmas party? You know, is there going to be someone that um, argues that I can't? And the fact is, is that the law, the Merry Christmas Texas law, allows uh, or ensures that we can celebrate Christmas in the classroom. And so I encourage you to go to txvalues.org. You can find out about the Merry Christmas Protection Law. And then uh, if you're you're in the state of Texas and and you want to have us come to, maybe you have a church event or you have a a club that you want to find out more about what's happening on the ground. We're just Two blocks from the Capitol, we're at the Capitol all the time during the legislative session, and then we're traveling throughout the state uh, during the interim period so that people can know what happened during the legislative session, what's happening, you know, even in cases like Colleen, Texas, where a woman was told she had to take her Christmas poster down at school. Uh, We were able to defend her in court. That Christmas poster was able to go back up in her school and we're able to help educate people how the Merry Christmas law helped save Christmas in Texas, in in clean Texas. So we love going and sharing some of the work that we're doing, uh, not just on Christmas, but what happened during the legislative session, what's happening in the courts and what's going to happen in the state of Texas moving forward. So thank you so much for listening to the Texas Values Report. I'm Nicole Hedgens, hoping that you have a very Merry Christmas season.